he's an interesting like crypto bro oh i'm sorry but this man was traveling the world he started his own crypto company all he had was a backpack you can't convince me that he wasn't on the run (laughs) he's like i just am the epitome of a digital nomad he's like if I find a shirt, I'll buy it. That's about it. All my money's digital. Yeah. <laughs> All my shit He's is like, digital. I got a digital I couch. Really, I don't really <laughs> exist in this physical plane. You're like, okay, man, just we get it. We get it. A girl broke your heart when you were 14 and you never got over it. Okay. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Unfiltered podcast. I am here with my two co-hosts who are looking at me like I'm freaking crazy. What's up, Ro and Nicole? Oh, Taping glue, you know what? baby. I said I'd turn it on. <laughs> Let's turn it on. Woo! Yeah, tape and glue. No, oh, no don't. I'm paper mache. Let, yeah, paper don't mache. let Ro fool you. <laughs> it's okay to say that you're not well, Ro. Oh, I am unwell. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> He's like, yeah, that that sums it up. Yeah, my students today were like, "How are you doing?" I was like, "Unwell." Don't ask me. And they're like, "Okay." (laughs) I was like, "I would have been terrified to have Rose and as a uh, professor." No, I'm 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 way too chill because I'm like I don't really care, guys. So uh, (laughs) if you don't show up, those are your points. That's about it, you know. See, I would be way too nice. I would never take points off because I was that person that did not. Oh my god, it's so. It is so hard. I had, I had a student. uh, We gave exams back, and she did not well. uh, We'll just put it that way. And she was so (laughs) chipper, and like so excited. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna ruin your day," because I already known like that I graded this stuff before. And then I handed it back to her. She was just quiet the rest of the class, and I was like. (laughs) fuck that's like the worst part for sure but at the same time like i didn't give it to you you earned that grade so that's how i deal with it okay. you just yeah. compartmentalize hurting other yeah. people's feelings <laughs> yeah okay, cool. he like, like lets them oh, get no. it all out and then he's like this is your i'm fault. sorry it's it that is it is what it is yeah <laughs> it's on you <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> you did this to yourself like, like i turned in all this work uh last week even though it was due two months ago kind of still graded and i was like yeah you know we'll see and then in my head i was like no what but <laughs> it is what it is i guess i don't I bro don't is that the vibe you give off though that you're that professor that would do that for them i yeah i mean i think i give a lot of leniency because i understand that like <clears throat> life happens you know like I don't I don't want to be an extra stress if like you have a bunch of shit going on. But at the same time, if you're like sleeping in class, you're not showing up and then you're like, well, why didn't I do well on my exam? It's like, <laughs> I think you know why you didn't do well on it. Mm-hmm. So it's a give and take. Well, for sure. Yeah. I dig I'm all it. about cheating the system. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys <laughs> drinking today? My third energy drink in the past 24 hours. That's oh, what I'm Look, look, it's been, it's been a stressful. Does that help you though? Hours. I feel like that's just making I, I it feel worse. Like shit. No, I feel great. Cause I, I mean, I no, you like, don't. I respond well to caffeine, you know, cause I barely drink it. 
But I will say <laughs> my sleep was bad because I had caffeine at like 7 p.m. last night. And so I was like, well, I know my sleep is going to be bad. So I woke up and I was like, oh, my God. Like, even when I went to bed, my resting heart rate was like 80. And it's normally like 55, 60. So I was like, mm, yeah, this is going to be bad. So I woke up super tired and was oh, like, God. well, I need one to get going. And then, I, you know, I have this deadline after this podcast. So I'm like, well, I need to crush this deadline. So instead of having my beer, dad... I'm having an energy drink. So the fact that you know. people are coming and listening to this podcast for health advice is comical right now. I, this is not like this is not what I say people should do. You know, like Pound but there up. are times where we make sacrifices to live life. Like I laugh because you guys, your story today were like. Like, Brooke was like, I messed up my mocktail. It tastes like seawater. And then yours was like, I have my, my mocktail to get my nails done. And I was like, you know what? To Mocktails would not help me right now. I need fucking caffeine up the ass just to I keep feel, me focused. I feel, so, like, I feel like that you don't know that, though, because you have not tested it. How do you, you know? Think, uh, but also, How right do you now know is not the true. time to test it. But what I'm saying is like, it's like, you know, you're like, oh, well, let me just fundamentally change this one thing when I need to like crack down like bad time. This is this is performance, not practice. <laughs> like I will play with Getting mocktails later, but right now it's like unhealthy for you. <laughs> oh, 100 yeah, percent. I don't <laughs> this is it's not this is detrimental. Conditions. Yeah, this is detrimental. Because think about what we did in grad school to make make it through. OK, yeah. we had but Papa we, John's on speed. We were younger. <laughs> I was like we 23. We were drinking shitty wine. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I was 23. We I was yeah, very young. My body could handle I it. I mean, <laughs> things, things definitely are. I mean, I'm not going up to like B-dubs twice a week, you know? Like I'm, and I treat myself Rose's going to be well 35 part, still there, doing this. <laughs> but there are those times where I'm like, all right, we just, I, I was talking to a student because I was like, you had those conversations with your own body. We were like, look, I know. <laughs> I know we're having a shit day, but I'm going to need you to power through here and then I'll get a massage. Like, I'll do whatever you want, but just like, please, please do not break right now. And let's just, I've had those conversations for the past week. Just let's just get through this Wednesday and then we're chilling for like two days and then we'll get back to it. But I need to have these conversations with my body. This is a good idea. Oh, I love talking to me like, hey, lower back. I know you're in so much pain, but I'm going to need you to just shut up for just like two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throw the heating pad mm-hmm. on and then we're fine. But yeah, this is my therapy, guys. If you don't graduate so by December, Nicole and I are pulling the plug. Like this oh, is yeah. just bad. You yeah, got to get, get the hell out. We're done. We're coming That's to fair. get you. No more we'll hiring. You up. That's fair. Pack yeah. your bags. Yeah. I just wake up Casey and I'm like, can come to Montana. I'm like, what the fuck? Where did all my stuff go? <laughs> yeah. Oh my That's God. so close. I mean, hopefully by next, by the next podcast, I can talk about <clears throat> what my dissertation is now and whatnot. But I, I finally have like a light at the end of the tunnel, which is good. So good. Very, I'm very what energy drink are you drinking? You know, I'm on my amino energies. I get my electrolytes. Uh, I get my caffeine. It's sugar-free. The watermelon tastes like a Jolly Rancher. So I'm chilling. My mouth does get super dry. I have truly never had an energy drink in my life. I'm serious. I've never had one. But you have a lot of coffee, right? It's the same shit, you know. I drank a lot of coffee in college. Yeah, we did in college. But now, I mean, I would I barely 
consume one cup. I might consume like well, half a cup. Fair, you sleep 14 hours a day. So what do you <laughs> need <laughs> caffeine for? You know? But that's you're like, right. That's what you're I'm supposed tired to do, right? time. <laughs> I freaking put ashwagandha in my coffee. I have my mineral mocktails. I get to bed by nine. Listen, we're on a schedule. Yeah, no, exactly. And and I'm like so happy that you're able to create a schedule that works for like (laughs) the life that you want. That's amazing. Like it really is. But I I don't know what it's it's coming, Ro. I'm going to be so happy for you when you tell me that you got nine hours of sleep for a full week. No way. I couldn't even. I would just get bored. I'd get bored. Literally. You he's just bored like sleeping. Think, no. You do get bored sleeping. <laughs> You're like, You're oh, I guess sleep. No, 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 no. Bro was just thinking about like, all oh, the other things that he could hours. be doing. Yes, always. Yeah, the other day I was, I was like, why would I sleep when I can have fun, like playing video games or something? Also that. I do do that. Well, I went to bed at 11. I think this was two days ago, two, three days ago. I went to bed at 11. Didn't fall asleep till 2 a.m. I didn't have my phone or anything on me. I was just like thinking. And it's, I was like, this fucking sucks. So then I, like four times I got up because I was like, oh, I don't want to forget that. So I got up in the middle of the night, wrote on my board, went back to bed. Was just thinking, thinking, oh, I don't want to forget that. So I wake up and I look at my board and there's just like, my handwriting is already atrocious. But it was just like chicken scratch. Just from like midnight thoughts. And I was like, oh man, I, I need... For this to be done. Yeah, you're sure. a few nights away from being in a loony bin, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how we live life, baby. <laughs> Ro would have so much fun uh, in a loony yeah. bin. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Coco, up. are you drinking anything? Water. <laughs> Water? We're, I think this might be our first ever podcast Like that's a dry podcast. Every single person. I yeah, don't true. like it. Ro has like been it. carrying us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I thought about drinking, but I've been pulling 12-hour workdays and, like, mm-hmm. don't feel good. And I was like, the last thing my body needs is yeah. alcohol. So I'm slamming Fair. bubbly water. Listen, we promise that we'll water. actually plan a podcast where we all drink. I just realized that Ro named this podcast Nicole Potty. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what the we're topic gonna, was. I forgot. We're, we're going to all drink soon. Soon enough. Well, I have a question of the week for the panel. Whoop. The question is, how should I handle fueling for my workouts during Ramadan? Okay, this is a great question. Um, I first just want to give a shout out to one of my really great friends who provides a lot of helpful um, health information. And her name is Sarah Haji. Her account is Your Balanced Food. And she actually made a post about this this week of just workouts around Ramadan. And if I mispronounce anything, I just want to say up front, I'm very sorry about that. So I'm just going to provide information. <laughs> Bro, why are you laughing? We're canceled. We're canceled. Okay, we got to cut. We got to cut That's this. <laughs> You gotta cut that out, bro. No, I'm not gonna cut it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyways, I'm being serious. (laughs) Um, Okay, so best times to exercise in Ramadan is going to be after Iftar, after Tarway prayers, before Sahur, and you would want to eat a pre workout snack if you are working out before Sahur, or after Sahur is a great time to work out as well. 
and then before Iftar. So it really just is going to take some planning and executing around your schedule and what works best for you and your body um, when you plan your workouts. And then that will also go hand in hand with fueling your workouts. So if you are able to eat a pre-workout snack, that's going to be a great time. Or if you are able to work out a couple hours after you have been able to eat, that's also going to be a great time as well um, for your workout. So this may just be a time that you have to put this habit on the back burner as you are diving into um, this cultural and religious practice that is also supporting your health and well-being. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, this question came from a, a client of mine. Uh, we just started working together and she practices uh, Ramadan. Um, and I think that, you know, she's been doing it her whole life. So she was like, I just kind of want your thoughts on it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't fast. I don't really do anything like religious at all, but I don't fast in general. Um, but when I'm like even the least bit hungry, I'm like, oh man, I don't feel like working out or something, you know? And so if there are days where, like we've talked about days <laughs> recently where my sleep hasn't been that great, food's been okay, and, you know, I've been surviving off of caffeine, like, then I'll take a step back and be like, you know what, today's focus is maybe one really good set, and then the rest is just kind of like movement. Or no no real, like, power and strength and hypertrophy, it's just movement. And so I told her, like, for right now, like, because we just started working together, luckily, this month, we'll just focus on setting good habits, consistently showing up, just movement patterns. And then this will be a time for you to like, think about things you do and don't like, uh, what might change once your schedule and eating habits are like back to quote unquote normal or like when you're not observing Ramadan. Um, And she was like, yeah, I think that that's great. And it's just sometimes like, it's it's hard to tell yourself that because you want to be like, oh, I should train all the time. But Mm -hmm. when someone is like, look, this is like Nicole said, your time to be like spiritual and connect and do whatever it is that allows you to, you know, connect with some higher being or the universe, whatever it is you believe in, then focus on that and just have fun in the gym and do what you want to do to make yourself like feel good. Uh, Because there's no sense in using up all of your fuel for one training session and then having the rest of the time where the sun is out be miserable because you're super hungry. So, um, yeah, it's a good question. And I like that information mm-hmm. from, so her name was Sarah. Uh, Sarah. That, Paji? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't going to butcher her last name because I didn't remember it. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's good advice, though. I, yeah. And I think, Ro, your advice is awesome because it also speaks to, we have this very short-sighted, like, short-term, I want to be in the gym, I want to go, 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 but zoom out we have time Mm. let's look at the bigger picture what does your body need right now we'll make a game plan for following so i really like that yeah for sure it's like he knows i'm a professional you know it's like he's like he's a pro a plus cool (laughs) i'm excited for this podcast i love when coco (coughs) shares her knowledge oh jesus i thought i was muted golly (laughs) Uh, okay so 
What are we talking about? We're talking about diet culture. We hear a lot about diet culture and nutrition myths, how to find balance and healthy habits you actually enjoy. But what does diet mentality mean? How do you know if you're actually stuck in diet mentality and if it's holding you back from finding balance, happiness, and health? So in this episode, we're going to define diet mentality and how to know if it's actually holding you back and how to break away from it in a culture that it's so easy to fall into the trap of thinking you have to start another new diet and just another mm-hmm. quick fix. So I am pumped about this and I'm going to hit you with the tough question <clears throat> first, Coco. What is diet mentality? What's the best okay. diet? <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Um, so the diet mentality relates back to the cycle of dieting, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast before and with each other and with our clients. So if you're more of a visual person like I am, it's the cycle that just doesn't ever stop. And um, if you're visualizing this, you just kind of see like this hamster wheel going and going and going and there's no way out. So it starts with this deep desire to be thin or lose weight, um, which is absolutely normal because our society praises looking a certain way or being a certain size. Um, So in this desire to be thin, you're going to start dieting because that's what we're told is going to help you lose weight. It doesn't matter what diet, (laughs) doesn't really matter what your individualized wants or needs or likes are. You just go on the diet because you want to lose weight. You stick with it for however long and then you start to experience intense cravings and you're super preoccupied with food because you've been restricting. You then cave and start eating all the things and blame it on your willpower um, when it's actually your body's natural response because you've been restricting And then you regain the weight, possibly even more weight than when you started the diet, which leads you back to the beginning of the cycle and it continues all over again because you want to lose weight because now you've gained weight. Um, So essentially the diet mentality is the overwhelming hope that the next new diet is going to be the diet that actually works and solves all your problems and finally lets you lose the weight that you want to lose and you're just happy and healthy and all the things are great. (laughs) I feel like this is a loop we see way too many times in our profession. Yeah. Someone's like stuck in this loop. So in your opinion, why do you think that so many people do stay stuck in this constant loop of dieting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one book that I really like to talk about when it comes to this is Stephen Covey wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he talked a lot about paradigm shifts. A paradigm is a model or frame of reference by which we perceive and understand the world. So because our world constantly pushes this message of thinness, it constantly takes the focus off building actual behaviors that make you feel better and improve your health and pushes the message that weight loss is the only measure of success. When it comes to increasing your health, we accept that dieting is the cultural paradigm by which we attempt to control our weight, which automatically means that we're just going to be improving our health, which isn't true. So I think that's a huge reason why people stay in this loop is because that's what we've accepted as the truth. That's what we believe is the thing that we have to do in order to get XYZ. And in Covey's book, he also talked about how people are often drawn to remedy a problem without regard to the long-term impact of this quick fix, 
aka dieting. He talks about how when we latch on to a quick fix, we're actually exacerbating the problem rather than permanently solving it, which is so true in the world of chronic dieting and weight cycling. And for me, it's all about that reframe of, okay, if we're able to notice that we are staying in this loop, why are we staying in this loop and relating it back to it's because this is the message that we've been told our whole lives. We haven't, we don't know anything different. So how do we, how do we shift? How do we develop this new paradigm? I think it's kind of wild because I loved your response and it made me think even deeper of like, well, wait a minute. Like why are people stuck in this loop? And no diet that you think about, is rooted in any type of actual productive health behavior. It's really root. It's rooted in some type of extreme restriction, usually of a whole food group or a whole macronutrient group, which just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like I will yeah. fight off the low carb zealots till the day I die because <laughs> we need carbs for prebiotics. We With need the them stick. for fiber. <clears throat> yeah. We need th- like we need them. We need mm-hmm. them. And I just think it's interesting that that's really what dieting is rooted in. And in my opinion, it's not really about any type of long-term health support or anything sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And- <laughs> Go <ahead>. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think so much of it is like, it's getting down to like the why too, you know? Cause it's like, Oh, why do you want to lose weight? And people are like, I don't, I don't know. I guess you just want to lose weight. And it's like, oh, but like, why? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, uh, I just want to look better. Like, oh, why? And like, you ask enough questions and people, then they're like, I guess I have some deep rooted thing where like, I have to be healthy for my family because I think I'm going to die early. And it's like, oh, okay, well, dieting like, <laughs> is not going to like really help with that. It, I mean, it'll help mm-hmm. in some way, but if we get you stronger and active and stuff, then guess what? You will live a longer, healthier life. It doesn't mean we have to just cut out a bunch of stuff. And I love that you talk about a paradigm because- the same client that asked that question, uh, she came in with two goals. She's like, you know, I want to lose weight and get stronger. And I said, well, which one is most important to you? And she was like, oh, I guess I've never had to think about it. It's like, well, <laughs> think about it. Which one's most important? She was like, I, you know what? If I can do like four or six pull-ups, then the weight doesn't matter to me. I just want to feel mm-hmm. strong and be able to be like active. And I was like, wow and she's a she's like a mental performance coach so it's a little different because she's you know trained to look at things in a different way and you know when you you two deal with definitely people that come up and maybe it's like their last straw and they're like i've tried everything and i'm so desperate for blah 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 but like for her she was able to kind of reframe things pretty quickly because it's not rooted in any sort of like my mom put me on a diet when i was eight years old or anything it was just like oh i thought it was this but i now that I thought about it differently, it's this. And like her paradigm shifted like in that instant, just because I asked like, well, which one's most mm-hmm. important and why? And she was like, oh, yeah, I guess I, my value is not like a number on a scale or like how much fat I have on me. And I was like, great. I would love to get you stronger. Like, let's do that, too. So love I it. always Change think paradigms. I always, always like to highlight, too. And this number is probably different because I don't know the new numbers since shutdown happened and everything and life shifted a lot but pre that it was a seven billion dollar industry unless you keep it's like it's designed to fail unless you keep showing up and doing these quick fix things Mm -hmm. uh 
it all implodes. It's yeah. you're designed. It's designed to fail. Um, so, anyways, I could talk for a million years about why we don't <laughs> yeah. die. That, that should be our next podcast. <laughs> designed to fail. <laughs> like, yeah, <boom. laughs> but. So for someone who's been in this cycle, and that can be hard because I think people blame themselves a lot of like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. what's, you know, what's happening? How can individuals start to see that this dieting cycle or mentality isn't working and it's not their fault? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love what Ro just mentioned about his client just being able to take a moment to think about something that they haven't ever thought about before, because that's my answer to this question. Um, I think it's really important <laughs> to recognize <laughs> what I said. Sorry that I, that I took your answer. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying like, I think it like definitely relates and I love that you mentioned it, but I think it's really important to recognize the story that we've been told. Um, and I would definitely encourage every single person that is feeling this sense of blame to stop right now and ask yourself, how old was I when I realized that weight mattered? Or how old was I when I heard someone I love say that they were going on a diet specifically to lose weight? And I personally love writing things down and getting it out on paper. But if you can think through it as well and just kind of like process on your own, that's cool too. But for me, I was in elementary school and the message of dieting and weight loss has ceased to let up ever since. And I'm going on 30 years old. So I have at least 20 years of diet talk and weight loss talk that is embedded into my subconscious telling me that weight loss and dieting will solve all my problems. This is what's going to make me happier. This is what's going to make me more lovable, successful, healthier, confident, stronger, whatever it is. And until I really sat down and wrote this out, Until I saw on paper every single diet I tried, how long I had actually been doing this and how it wasn't working, that's when I was able to call bullshit. Like you just said, Brooke, of this is a $7 billion industry. If it worked, we wouldn't need another one. Um, If dieting worked, if the quick fixes and the lose X amount of weight in however many days actually worked, we wouldn't continue to be bombarded with the messaging and marketing of another diet which promises weight loss. We would have stuck to the diet one time, it would have worked and we wouldn't be in this cycle. So calling bullshit for sure is my biggest like piece of advice here of taking the blame <laughs> that you put put on yourself and putting it on the real culprit, which is the diet industry. Yes. People can't see me, but I'm doing my hype dance. Bro, where's That's the, your hype where's dance? Like the, Get a better hype dance. <laughs> this is my I'm really Where's tired, the soundboard? Like, where's the soundboard? <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I always yeah pull out that that rap horn sound. I love it. I'll get in a bit. Uh, anyway, continue. That's so funny. That's my answer. Oh, no, I love it. I really like you know. I really. <laughs> I really love the uh, journal exercise. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. I never really thought. I've never thought about that before, but I love that idea. Yeah, like that's this is the first piece of intuitive eating is rejecting the diet mentality and um so when me and my clients are really talking through this portion of it if they are really struggling with breaking away from that mentality which is very hard to do if you've been trapped in it for however many years um I have them write out 
every single diet they've ever been on. And Ugh. yeah, and they <laughs> will sit there and they're like, um, what? Hurts. Like I've been on 15 diets and I lost this amount of weight. I gained it this much back and I'm keep, I keep doing this. Why, why am I doing this? <laughs> it really and is. It, it is yeah. like works against you because, mm-hmm. you know, metabolically speaking, research shows when you keep doing that cycle, mm-hmm. it's extremely harmful. <laughs> it's yeah. not, not a positive thing for your body to go through. Yeah. yeah. God damn. Whoa. I, you know, like I'm just thinking about like, uh, like the just that the, the woman that's just like 60 and they're like, oh yeah, I've done, you know, 30, 40 diets. And you're like, yeah. oh my Exhausting. God. That just sounds Okay, terrible. this is like kind of related in a way. I think it is. Maybe you draw your conclusions. But I was listening to this interview today and this woman was like, the experience of being a woman is very different and we don't necessarily see it because we're like, Oh, like women have jobs and equal pay, but there's these things that we don't recognize. Like, um, she's like, I've never heard someone say, Oh, a well-behaved man, but you hear the term well-behaved woman or well-behaved girl all the time. What, why don't we have well-behaved men? Like, why do women need to be told to, like, do these certain things or fit inside these certain boxes? And in my opinion, I kind of think that's why women are – and men are, but I think women are disproportionately affected by diet mentality mm-hmm. and body size. And it's just kind of like a different set of standards in a way. Yeah. Um. So I, I thought that was, like, really interesting. So I'm just yeah. going to start calling people well-behaved men. For you should. You should. Even yeah. that thing, but and they're like, what? I think what's important to understand first, though, is that, like, you know, women are just the inferior sex. Anyway, so we're going to move past that. And oh, you know, where's the no. soundboard that's, like, <laughs> yeah. booing? No, I think, you know, it's – it's. I would agree with that completely. You know, I don't think that there's, like – I don't know how you you could argue against that and be like – because all of the magazines and all of the media are all like about you know uh, skinny someone women being whatnot, caught in a bikini with cellulite. Oh my god! God <laughs> yeah, forbid you do that, man. And and like it's so weird because I've never like read tabloids. I don't care about. I barely care about my friends and family. So like, imagine me care about some <laughs> Hollywood elite. But like, people are just being like, oh my god, like this person looks terrible, whatever. And I'm like looking at that person, being like. What do you think you look like? <laughs> because uh, you know, how would imagine you feel the if, people like, who are behind took a picture that, of like you? writing? Yeah, it. of course, you know. Uh, so that that's always that's always funny. I forgot where I was going because now I'm just thinking about people being stupid. But um, the internet yeah. trolls are the best. Like there were yeah. so many good. Uh, memes that came out of the olympics it's like the person critiquing like how yeah. did they not land this triple double axle flip thing they got I like cheetos totally in their hand and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep oh, internet man. trolls are the worst oh they're uh, the worst and the best yeah it depends on how you look at it yeah so nicole what are some other helpful things for someone, if they're working through rejecting this diet mentality, mm-hmm. what can help them to move on with their life and start actually focusing on the health piece of it and breaking free of this cycle? Yeah, for sure. So in the intuitive eating book, which I am always going to reference by Evelyn Tribble and Elise Reich, they outline four helpful steps the first being recognize and acknowledge the damn it that 
damn it. <laughs> the damn it. The damage that dieting causes, which um, relates back to my tip on calling bullshit and what you just mentioned as well of if you really are in this cycle, it's actually causing more harm than good. So this is actually very well researched on the damage that diet causes, dieting causes, um, both biological and health related. Dieting decreases metabolism. It sets your body up to actually retain more fat after restriction stops. It increases bingings, binging and cravings, as well as increases the risk of premature death and heart health. If you're a long-term dieter, it's actually harder for you to recognize hunger and fullness cues because internal systems like metabolism and hormone regulation aren't working optimally. Um, Then you have the psychological and emotional damage that dieting is causing. Dieting is linked to eating disorders. There's increased physical and psychological stress on the body, which we know wrecks havoc on our health. There's increased feelings of failure and social anxiety, as well as lowered self-esteem. So being able to recognize that if you are truly wanting better health, know that this is not the answer. (laughs) This is not it. Yep. And being to get like getting up close and personal with that fact is very, very helpful. Okay. So step one, recognizing, acknowledging the damage dieting causes. One thing I want to dive into a little deeper is what you brought up about decreasing metabolism. Because Mm -hmm. I would say I see this very, very, very commonly. And I want to explain why. I'm one of those people where if you don't explain the why, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm like the most annoying kid in school. So Just I see this all the time where someone, <laughs> right, makes so much sense. So someone comes and they're like, I'm eating very, very small amounts. I'm not losing weight or I'm gaining weight. I see it a lot. And it's because they've been in this cycle for too mm-hmm. long. They've restricted for too long and they're constantly eating less and less and less and less. But when we take food away, our metabolism is smart and it knows that. Mm-hmm. And it decreases and adjusts based on how much food you're giving it to a certain extent in the simplest terms, right? Ro would be mortified, is probably mortified at this summary. But if you keep <laughs> pulling Fail. it down and pulling it down and pulling it down until you're only eating 800 calories a day, your body is smart and it's designed to help you survive and you will be able to get by. And so to work yourself back up, this is why a lot of the times when people do go through body comp changes, we we have to intentionally work you back up to help your metabolism work back up. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's a method to this madness. And so I just want to really reiterate what that does and know that if you're starting this journey and you're, you're maybe hearing this and you're like, crap, have I ruined my metabolism? No, absolutely Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. But know that it's going to take some TLC and that you're going to need to be really kind to your body and build back up to, being able to eat lots and lots of food um, to fuel the activity that you're mm-hmm. trying to demand of your body. Yeah. And I think something to also note here of as I'm talking about intuitive eating or the diet mentality or weight neutrality or weight inclusivity um, and moving away from the scale as a measure of health, that doesn't mean that you can never pursue weight loss if that is something that you want. This is a personal choice always. 
And you have to realize that there is sacrifice in every decision that you make. You have to define what is worth it to you and everything that Brooke just named, you are going to have to be committed to a process of working with a professional who knows how to decrease your calories and macros appropriately and increase them as needed to continue to keep you in homeostasis and safety as much as they possibly can. And there's going to be some give and take from that. Your body is going to experience injury because of it. That's just the facts. <laughs> so you have to be yeah. able to say, like, is this worth it? Like, is this worth it to me? Is this really the sacrifice I want to make? Because I want to see the scale move. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, my bad. I was like, yes, so great, Paul. But I was You muted, were so muted. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to go take PP and then I forgot. Yeah. So, um. I, this is a, I think a, a whole, I want to do a whole other podcast on like the slow metabolism thing. Cause I'm not exactly sold on like metabolism yet in my whole academic career. But I, I, mm-hmm. I agree though. That like when you eat less, what you do is you do less because your mm-hmm. body's smart. It's not that like the metabolism itself slows down. It's just that your body's like, Hey, you've given me nothing. So I'm going to keep yeah. doing less and less. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I, I forget what you said, Nicole and, and what you said, Brooke, but I was just like, Yes, yes, yes. So whatever you listened to for the past two to three minutes where I was muted, just pretend like I was like, yeah, I totally Ro was really everything. cheering. He wasn't just like. I was. I was. Prom. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. Okay. So out of these four steps, after we've acknowledged the damage that's happening and kind of recognized, what's step two? Okay. Step two is becoming conscious of the diet mentality traits and thinking. So this goes back to what, you know, Ro said of like, let's think about this for a second and let's name it. Like what actually matters more to you? Um, Your thinking and the words that you say to yourself matter. So being able to identify that that was a diet mentality thought, like whatever you just thought Being able to say, like, that was the diet mentality. You can give her or him or them a name. Mine is Amber. I call her Amber. Okay? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Ambers out there, but that's who my I've never met an Amber I like before. (laughs) (laughs) So name it and then be able to reframe it with a true and helpful thought. Um, Some examples include um, a diet mentality thought would be, do I deserve to eat this? A way to reframe that would be, am I hungry? Do I want it? Will I feel deprived if I don't eat it? Will it be satisfying? Does it even taste good? I deserve to enjoy eating without guilt. Another thought could be, I focus primarily on the calories I burned while exercising. Reframe this by saying, I focus primarily on how movement makes me feel, especially especially the energizing and stress-relieving factors. Another thing, um, another thought could be, how many pounds did I lose? A way to reframe this would be, my weight is not my primary goal or indicator of my progress. I have increased trust with myself and with food. I love those. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I so... need more. I need more. <laughs> okay, so what's the third thing? 
Um, so the third step is getting rid of the dieting tools. And this one can feel like the hardest in my personal opinion. This is super important though, because if you're constantly looking towards an external source like the scale or my fitness pal or a strict meal plan, you're never going to feel like you have the ability to look inward and actually trust what your body is communicating. Um, your body communicates so many things to you every single day, whether that's an increase in hunger, maybe you're experiencing more stress, maybe that's emotional or physical, all of it matters. Or maybe um, it's an increase on the scale, like God forbid, like if the scale is going up or down, like, and that is something you're focusing on, like that's a way your body is communicating you to you as well. And um, if you're constantly feeling fatigued or can't sleep well or can't focus, whatever it is, you're not going to know or be able to listen because all you know is follow this meal plan or diet and step on the scale and see if I lost weight. Um, that is what is indicating if I'm succeeding or not. And to me, like this is a fruitless pursuit of health and being able to step away from these tools finally gives you the opportunity to see how wide and awesome and exciting actual health behaviors can be. I love yeah. this. Is that a pun intended also? What? Nice. You're fruitless. Yes, it's fruitless. <laughs> what it's pun? a fruitless I'm just pursuit. so smart. I don't know when I make puns. Yeah, I. you know, it, like everything, you're, it's, it's, so I had a, uh, a fighter who got down to 115 and she walks at one, walks around like 135. So that was pretty dramatic, but we took three and a half months to do it. And then like, because it's fighting, the last five pounds is like water, right? But ah, absolutely shredded. She looked mm. like fantastic. So we, I like reposted her and I got seven messages that night when she reposted my repost, I guess. I don't know how the fucking Instagram works. I'm a boomer. <laughs> um, and seven messages like, can you do my diet? Can you this and that? And I was like, no, first of all, we didn't even like, oh, we didn't, my my role in this was like making sure she was performing well and mm-hmm. like it was not like how many calories are you on obviously it's different because we had to get her down to weight you have to make some serious sacrifices but yeah it was like hey you know what like like i i can't tell you what you can and can't eat because then it's going to be like a super shitty 3 months yeah we'll we'll play with it and when it comes down to it being like super serious then we kind of have to start making sacrifices. But it's just like this here and there, this here and there. And like over time, that's fine. But I just thought it was like so shitty. Like there's no other way to put it. It was so shitty that these people saw her. And, you know, like she, again, looked fantastic when you look at like a shredded body or like whatever, powerful athlete. But it was like people were just like, I, I don't I don't know anything about you. So they don't know anything about me. I don't know anything mm-hmm. about them. They just saw shredded as fuck abs and said, make my <laughs> diet. And I was like, yeah. bro, first of all, you can't afford me because I know you're poor because <laughs> you're a fighter. Two, like, how are you just going to, like, put so much into someone you've never, like, heard about just because mm-hmm. one person that you know just had shredded abs? 
Like Maya will talk me up to anyone who asks and stuff like, and rightfully mm-hmm. so because I'm great at what I do. But importantly, like they just saw a picture and we're like, I want to yeah. look like that. And how many decisions have you made in your life to be like, oh, I want to look like that guy. I want to look mm-hmm. like that girl. This is what they do or this is what I think they do. I have to do it. Like, holy shit. There's a, there's a lot of Instagram influencers that are currently being sued for this exact Good. reason. Good. Fuck them. And yeah. I mean that and in I the think, best way. Yeah, but like this is part of the problem with Instagram, which I think has gotten better. But people see someone who's – the reason she's doing this is she's a freaking athlete. Mm-hmm. And she making weight is a part of her sport. Mm-hmm. And her body is a function of her sport and her athleticism. It's not for vanity. And she does not look like that most of the year. Yeah. And I think, like, people see this and they're like, oh, like, I want to look like this. I want to be like this, whatever. And it's like, you have no idea, like, <laughs> no why idea. this is there or, yeah. like, what it takes or, you know, like, what's going to be healthy or not. So I think it's, like, yeah. that also just speaks to – that ingrained diet mentality and how it shows up on social media, honestly. And this is a great opportunity to remind you that Roe could hand you the exact plan that this Mm -hmm. girl did and you will not look like her. (laughs) You will not look like her because you are not her. And you You are not her. (laughs) (laughs) You don't train like her. You don't. Yes. You could have the exact same – you could have her literal entire schedule. When do you pee? When do you sleep? When do you cough? (laughs) And it still wouldn't happen. Like, I just – I don't know what to tell you. And so I think that's a a good reminder of we we have to recognize that we're all very unique in our bodies and what they look like. And you have to figure out what you love and what works for you and what, once again, you want to sacrifice – this is an incredible athlete who goes through a lot of sacrifice to do what she does. And that's awesome. And for me, like I could never do it because it wouldn't bring me joy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's too of just like, we just assume, yeah, that person's super freaking badass. I just want to be just like them when you don't, like you said, Brooke, you just, you have no idea what they actually go through and what it would actually take. And maybe you do want to do it. Go for I it. Get... Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I when I watch fights, I'm just like the the balls on these people. Yeah. To get punched I would trip... in the face for a living. I would trip over my own like, two feet what? and say, I'm out. Yeah. Like... yeah. And and it's not like they're it, for, it's like the worst because they are actively trying to kill each other pretty much. <laughs> while they just spent the past maybe six weeks doing like because a lot of them will just do like ultra terrible cuts for like four mm-hmm. weeks. And so they're just like sliding into home base, just being like, okay, now's the time. Like, mm-hmm. luckily the UFC has like banned IV bags and stuff. So it's gotten a bit better. Like the, the process is a little healthier, but still so many people that are like, I've done this enough times to know that I can drop 30 pounds in two weeks. And you're like, holy oh, fuck. Why would you do that? But, Mm-mm. you know, my body hurts just thinking about that. Yeah, I know. So, Coco, what's the fourth and final step in this process? Yes. Step four and probably one of my favorites to work with clients on is developing self-compassion. Um, so just because you decide <laughs> <Oops>. to <laughs> ditch the diet mentality <laughs> and get out of this cycle doesn't mean that diet culture 
um, and the push for diets is going anywhere. Um, your friends, your family, coworkers, whoever are going to keep talking about their diets and the want to lose weight. So it can feel really overwhelming and isolating and you'll feel that urge to get sucked back in. And I promise it won't feel this way forever. And, but the biggest thing here is like, don't beat yourself up when you feel the want to go back on that diet with your friend or participate in a weight loss challenge. It's natural to want to feel a part of the group. And I encourage you to continue to remind yourself why you're stepping away from all that. Go back to the first three steps that we just went over on why this is harmful, the thoughts that you are thinking and how you're reframing them and remind yourself of that why that there will come a time when you truly know that dieting isn't worth it. And you're not going back there, but you are going to have to go through some moments of, oh shit, like I'm feeling pulled back in, I'm feeling pulled back in and you're going to have to, to give yourself that self-compassion. And I always kind of relate this with like self-compassion is thinking about the last time you gave compassion to a friend or someone that you love And what would you say to that person? What would you do for that person if they were struggling with a similar situation? Um, And give that to yourself. And I promise that you'll find others that also believe dieting sucks. And it can be helpful to work with a practitioner that does or can approach with this non-diet and weight neutral plus like inclusive approach as you navigate this journey because it is hard to do it by yourself. And that's where um, practitioners come in and coaches that are qualified. Shameless plug that Nicole doesn't know I'm going to do, but she is the absolute best at this. And I've never seen a practitioner with such patience and compassion and expertise for what it takes to go through this process. So I can't say enough good things. If you've listened to this episode and you're like, damn, I relate to a lot of this highly recommend going through this whole process, right? This is just one piece, one, one little, one little what I don't, you know, one piece of a puzzle that she's told you the steps of. I'm not articulating this very well at this point. It's been a long day, but it's an um, energy drink. It's really, really, really helpful, and um, I adore you, Nicole. And I always appreciate when you share your knowledge with us. Yeah, I love and you. Just to piggyback very, off very of that, sweet. like that's also why we get in so many heated arguments because I'm like, you're too fucking nice. You just got to tell people <laughs> to be a little better. And you're like, you know what? You just take your time, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, please <laughs> push them a bit more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, funny- it, is, it is just, it, you, that's just your, you're like, that's what you're good at. You can just be so patient and caring and whatever. And I'm just mm. like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> you, are, you are too this sweet. I can't deal with it. <laughs> Ro, I really appreciate that compliment. It's very, very sweet of you. And this, like, (laughs) it's so funny because I feel like I have this patience and compassion. But then when a person, 
a personality like mine meets a personality like Rose, that's when I find my like fighter side sometimes of like where we're just kind of like butting heads. And I'm like, oh my God, why doesn't Rose just want to be nice? And then Rose like, why doesn't Nicole just want to be mean? And I'm just like, I don't know what to do here. Be less nice. Yeah. Yeah. Be less nice. It's really hilarious. It is. It is. Watching this dynamic personally. (laughs) But I love you both very much. Yes. And I appreciate that. I mean, the information is, is always like I agree with Brooke, it's always so great. And like, it's just more of what I think the general population, like literally 99% of people need to hear is like, mm-hmm. stop focusing on the shit that somebody, somebody told you to focus on 20 years ago and start focusing on yeah. how you can change your life for the better by actively feeding yourself and reframing mm-hmm. things. So yeah, I love these podcasts, Nicole. That's why I love when you talk <laughs> and you lead stuff. And when I'm like, yes, yeah, let's pick your brain. I love it. it. That's really sweet. It's beautiful. (laughs) Cool. Well, I will give us our little spiel. Ro is our master of all things exercise and performance. (laughs) I'm going to come up with some other really good, like, awkward names for him like the awkward compliment of all things the game guru the sultan of swole the <laughs> that's a the, good one see i gotta i'm gonna make a list sultan of swole <laughs> i think that's, we're gonna go with that somebody one. has to have the sultan have, of swole this week. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Nicole is intuitive eating health at every size dietitian, and she also works with helping people through hormone healing journeys and gut healing journeys that need to dig deeper into supporting their body. So that's really fun. I am also a dietitian, it turns out. Um, and I specialize in healing the gut microbiome to solve digestive and hormonal symptoms for athletes and active adults. So we are quite the motley crew of health professionals. And if you want to follow us, we are on Instagram at health unfiltered pod. And we also would love for you to rate us, share us and leave a review only if it's a nice one, wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Yes, please. On that note, Ro, would you like to take us out? Of course. Cheers to the energy drinks. Play that music, baby. (laughs) Bye, Bye. (laughs) y'all.